0: back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host on this journey. Uh, today, I'm joined by our special guest, a new friend of mine via a featured or f- previous podcast guest. She introduced us. Ajit, welcome to the show.
1: I'm excited to be here, Jarek.
0: Well, thank you for taking, for taking time to join us. We're going to start with the question of the show, which is what do you feel the world needs more of? Well, the
1: world needs more of love, for sure. Uh, that is something that we all can definitely use. And, and it's, there's abundance of it in our hearts, but it's, uh, the, the things that happen around us in our lives on a daily basis kind of takes it away, I feel. Uh, so it needs more of us as human beings, more of us as what we bring from the truest of ourselves outside to the world. So love, I think love moves it all.
0: I love that. And how do you bring more love to life each day in all that you do?
1: So to give a little bit of a background, I, I come from uh, a reality. I was born in India. I was born in a small city called Jaipur in India. And as I grew up in that small town, it's uh, I, I grew up with 23 other people in the same house. So we were an extended family. So our cousins and my parents' cousins and my grandparents and my grandparents' cousins, all of us lived together in a small little house. Uh, and that that's how i grew up and in that conditioning i grew up with the need for abundance a need for space abundance need for wealth abundance need for all types of different abundance and that initially characterized me or or got me to be a person who was very focused on making money and and it was right for me at that time but what i realized about a few years ago is that as i was Creating money and wealth abundance for myself. I was paying for all of that through the rest of my life mm. uh, I, my relationship was in shambles. My health was in shambles. I wasn't really connected to my parents I wasn't really connected to my friends and and the realization would come when it would come but today I try and share the love and, and another value of mine, which is very deep to me is service uh, by showing up for my friends for my family for And for my clients, of course, my clients, my readers, uh, but just simply sharing whatever I think is true and honest to me. Uh, and I have found through different experiences of my own life or through my client's lives, and so forth. And I try and share that as openly and honestly as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that love and service. Yes. And it's always interesting how we come across those lessons, but I'm going to ask along your journey, what's been a moment that, or I'm sorry, what, what's your wow factor? What has been the moments that have helped shape you into who you are today, and and maybe what's one or two life experiences that really reinforced it along the journey? It's, it's
1: so funny because yesterday I was talking to some of uh, we had a seminar. We just finished a seminar yesterday, literally, and I was talking to them and I was sharing the story of how I've had many rebirths in my life, many times that I feel like almost that who I was had to disappear for the new me to to show up. Um, and and so, I, I wouldn't say there's one belief that got reinstated many times because I feel like new experiences in life for me shared very different reality, like very different version of me came out of that. So, there was of course some foundational beliefs, but me coming to the conclusion today of saying, hey, my two values that I live by almost every single day, or I intend to live by every single day, every single moment of my life, which is love and service. Wasn't where I started. The first thing that I learned was was to be brave and make a decision for yourself. And that story happened because I was, like I mentioned, living in a household of 23 other people. Uh, and if you uh, if you are somebody who is from India or not an Indian person, you will know that they tend to be doctors, engineers, or accountants. Uh, and and that is by because that's how our conditioning is done in India. That's the expectation that the world puts on us and. Or uh, Our families and extended families put on us and I was on track to be an engineer That's what I was studying to be only to realize as I was 18 studying for it And I'd spent all my parents money in actually studying for it and getting tuition fees for it I realized in that time that if even if I became an engineer even if I qualified and took the test and actually passed the test I would be a really bad one. I'll be a really shitty engineer Uh, And at the same point in time, I wouldn't be happy doing it because I wasn't enjoying studying to being being an engineer. So how could I enjoy enjoy the profession itself? Um, And that was the first lesson that I think I got in in life is at that point, because of the realization of saying, hey, I'm going to be a really bad one if I do this. And I don't think I will even be happy doing this. uh, I took the bold step at that time, especially very bold uh, to present that to my family. And I wrote a letter to my father at that time. Uh, I wrote a letter which said, dad, and I explained the whole story of that. I really want to live up to your expectations, but there's something that I really, really do not enjoy. And I think I would be really bad at it. I know I might not become as successful as you hope that I would become, but I think I'll be happy not being an engineer or not being in a profession. I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I don't want to do this. And that story was, uh, and I, I have a really kind father, so he was very understanding and forgiving about it. Uh, my mom, not so much. So my mom kind of uh, thought that I am go- I'm going to be a real disaster off that. And so that, that was the first learning that I had, that even if uh, people don't agree with what, what I want to do or how I want to do it, it is my life and I need to make, make those decisions for myself. And so I made that decision and I'm grateful it all worked out for me right now, but in that moment, um, it was a big doubt for me, just know even if this will work out or this won't work out. So being bold was I think the first lesson that I got at eighteen that you have to make your decisions and and there's so many others that just kept happening in life as
0: life happened,
1: uh, because of different experiences that I had there on.
0: Wow. And what would you say? You know, if you ran across a young person who was in that position right now, and they were afraid or scared or uncertain or, or just uncomfortable, and they 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 feel that feeling deep inside, but they don't know how to express it because they're worried they're going to get uh, smacked upside the head or yelled at or or kicked out or or someone's going to be very me- upset at them or what? How would you coach them through those those couple moments of of expressing what's real to them? It, it would depend
1: on the person itself because what, I, what I've come to understand, which is another realization for at least for me, is as much as we are all human beings, we are so different in, in our experiences and our realities that we even if I have to generalize an answer, it becomes a really tough one. Uh, what I would do is I would invite the person to always ask the question about what's true to them. And why is it important to answer that question is because anything that feels right in the short term is, is not always right in the long term. So, so the thing that worked for me was at that point, I, I asked myself not the question of how can I make my mom happy, but I asked the question of saying what makes me happy. Uh, and it wasn't a selfish thought. It was a thought of consequence. If you think about it as a human being, if you do what you do and it makes you happy, you tend to create happiness around you. You tend to create joy around you. tend to make other people happy that are in your life. So if I'd really want happiness for my mom and my dad and my family and my friends and, and so on and so forth, I have to be happy. It has to start from that place. You know, we all have those family members or friends that you you, you don't want to meet because they come with a sob story pretty much at all times, or most of the times, and we feel like, why do they think like this? But they are still in our family, so we still talk to them, and we collaborate with them, and we try to help them as much as we can, but they tend to bring that energy every single time in all our conversations, or most of our conversations. Why don't we be that person which changes that dialogue? What if we created a dialogue around us, our lives, and say, hey, I know this is gonna be challenging for now, but if I can create joy and happiness in my life and be the person and be that beacon of light for my family, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be this big change maker that needs to change the world. I don't believe that. I believe you just got to be the change maker that moves the needle, just move the line a little bit further, get create a small change in the people and the reality that is around you and you get to be in a new reality at, at all times. So. If I was to coach them, it it would need to have a full conversation because that's just my approach to solving a situation because I do feel everybody is very unique and independent. It's hard to generalize an answer. But what I would say is, is question what's important to you, question what's true to you. And if it is true to you, I believe most people are very good people with kind hearts and beautiful hearts. Uh, and so there is, there is no, there is not going to be a challenge. You'll
0: figure it out. Hmm. I love that. And I agree with it. I, I believe I, I've watched so many people nowadays and and it's so hard cause you want to help people via a book or a blog or a podcast or something. And you give something in hopes to help many. Uh, but, but so often, like you said, we're such unique human beings. It takes someone really to take time to sit down and understand the world in which you live to be able to really give you a good solid piece of advice. I saw someone saying that you know, all men need to learn how to show their emotions better and cry. I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> Some of them need to learn how to take a punch. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> depends on so where true. you grew is, up and what, what you've done. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And, and some realities. if you show up and you be vulnerable is not okay, you're going to get punched more. For example, like you rightly mentioned, Jarek, yeah. it's sometimes you, you got to be learning something else. And eventually, you might need to learn to be more expressive in your language, but not everybody needs to cry. Like that's not a common, it's not, it's not a general, you can't generalize an emotion like that. You can't generalize everybody needs to cry. That's, that's not fair. A lot of people don't like to cry and don't want to cry. It doesn't mean they're suppressing emotions if they're expressive human beings.
0: Exactly. I, I love that. Everyone's unique and everyone has their own unique situation. But you got to step into their world. I also like what you said. Um, that there's been many rebirths of you depending on the circumstance, depending on the situation, depending on what life you know, is calling to you. You've been able to, to find a new version of yourself each time and bring a new part of you to life to allow yourself to handle it. What a beautiful reflection and way to go about it. I love that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: So with this journey and with where you've come and where you've been and where you are now, what's a moment that's been incredibly humble along the way?
1: one one of the most humbling moments that I had was, and this was this was the this is the most recent one I would say this is one of my rebirths. Was uh, was when I I was leading an organization that is a beautiful, beautiful organization, wonderful company. It's called Mind Valley, and some of your listeners may be aware of the name of the company. And and I started that company about ten years ago uh, as an intern of the company. Now I'm a co-founder of the company, but at that point I was an intern, and for the longest time in my life. What I wanted to do was to become the CEO of the company. I wanted to lead the company. Now, six years later, I did become the CEO of the company. But what had happened in the process, which I briefly mentioned before, is that I got what I wanted, and I realized that I had paid for that uh, through my life. I had I, I started suffering in context of my health, my relationships, my family, and so forth, and. And at that time I I realized, and that's why I was humbled about is that sometimes you could do everything right, which would seem like it's absolutely right and it's absolutely correct and it looks like the perfect track and everybody would appreciate you and you realize that that's just not true to you. You were chasing something because it seemed right. You were chasing something because you were scared to get in really deep with yourself and go, okay, what is true to me? You You were chasing something because you were comparing at all times which are all very common things that we all do, but sometimes that leads you to a destination that's not really your destination. That's not really the place where you really want to go. And so, at that time, I realized that you could be, you could be the CEO of a wonderful, phenomenal company, make all the money that you wanna make, and get all the love from all the world, and still be lonely, alone, and unhappy, um, and unhealthy, course, right? Uh, because you lose your body and your soul a little, bit in that process and and that realization uh, it changed me. it made made me really like I, I started to look at life as a student again, because at that point, I was just thinking, oh, I know this I, I was I was crushing it from the outside world, right? Because if you look from the outside in, I was a little kid who, a few years before that, was living with twenty three other people trying to make four hundred bucks a year. Like literally, that was my starting salary, $400 a month, sorry, not a year. And and from there to where I was, you, from the outside in, you would think the person's crushing it. From, but from the inside out, I was totally devastated except my career. My career, my purpose was on point, it was 100% on point. I was having a ball on that field, but I had forgotten about everything else and I had paid for it through that. So that was a really humbling experience to really realize that life will always offer you to make that change and make that choice. It, it is very humbling to know you could you could get everything right from the outside in, and that might actually happen really fast, but will you be able to get it right from inside out? Or not even right, more like will you be aligned to your inside out? Does that make sense, Derek?
0: It does make sense. and And sometimes everything you want comes with consequences we're not aware of when we first wish for it. Um, I, I think there's, there's a really powerful phrase of what you just said. You can get it from the inside out or eventually get it from the outside in. I think I said that backwards, the outside in, or eventually get it from the inside out. And and I think when you come from your heart and you come from that centeredness of, of service and love, um, if I understood the concept right, it, it's from the inside out where the best parts of you come to life and, and things find a little bit more balance in that process. Um. Absolutely. It also- Absolutely.
1: Let, let, let's reflect a little bit more on that. So usually what I have found, and it could be, I think this is true, especially if you haven't really had a chance to dive into what's true to you as a human being, is that what happens is our, our goals, our, our dreams, our ambitions, our, our how we operate in the world is, is generally defined by what the world is asking us, uh, asking us to do or an expectation that the world is putting on us. And when I say world, it means friends, family, uh, loved ones and relationships and so forth, your career, your boss, right? There's an expectation that the world puts on us, isn't that? And as these expectations start to come to us, we forget that a lot of times these expectations are not our expectations. These are expectations that somebody else is putting on us. And for some reason, because we're a human being, not some reason, because we are a human being, we go, oh, Somebody wants me to do this. I want them to be proud of me. And it could be out of love, but still they're trying to do something that somebody else is expecting us to do. And when that happens, it, yes, drives you for a little bit and it does direct direct you in a direction that may feel like success or sound like success, but does not feel or look like real success to you. And that's what happens when you actually get there. And, and most of the people from there, again, go ahead and suppress their real self and go out and, and start looking at the next expectation that the world has because guess when the expectations of the world ends? Never. They always have an expectation of you and never nothing is ever good enough for anybody because that's a reflection of the outside in. Mm. So they will always project something on you. But if you could change that dialogue and say, hey, what is really true to me? And it doesn't matter if the world thinks I'm a success or a failure or good enough or not good enough because I'm not living this life for the world. I'm living this life for me. And in the process, the world gets to enjoy me as well.
0: Hmm. I love that. I love that. I think there's a thread of spirituality that exists in this, which is I'm hearing pieces of it. And it it, it takes what you do to a different level as far as just your job or your career or your path i remember um i, I was this, is gonna, this is a weird place to have the conversation but i was in the bathroom at the airport and a gentleman had walked mm-hmm. in and we were on the same flight and, and we'd noticed each other because we would taken the same flight a few times and, and seen each other and he said hey i think you're on this plane i was like "Yeah, i am and he goes oh we were just talking we washed our hands and we we're sitting there talking and he goes what do you do and i told him like oh i i i you know, coach and speak and wrote a book and all this stuff. And he's like, and he said a phrase that has always stuck with me. And it was something that kind of struck me right in the heart. And, and it made me question everything I had been doing. And he's, his phrase was, wow, what a beautiful way to connect with the divine. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing there for a second and thinking about it. And it's being like, yeah, I guess. And, and like shook his hand and left the bathroom and then thought about it. And I'm like, have I really, I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way. I don't, I don't know if – uh, and I remember just being confused. For the whole flight, this guy kind of bugged me just because I was scrambling in my head at that point trying to figure out what the heck that meant. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a beautiful phrase, but I'm like, have I done it? Did I really connect? I don't know. <laughs> and when we finally landed a couple hours later, I remember thinking, wow, what if I allowed, like you said, the life that I'm living, how I'm going about this, to to really be a life that I get to – feel to the deepest parts of my soul in what I'm doing every day and to connect at that kind of depth to everything I'm doing and even what I call my work. And, and it changes things. Like you said, when it's really coming from that deeper nature of who you are and it's allowing you to be true to what's real for you, there's something very powerful. It, it, it be, Life becomes an entirely different experience. Um,
1: it absolutely uh, does. And, and, and the thing that yes. we, the, the thing that we don't understand sometimes is is that we feel like or it, it like you know till the time you really dive deep we feel like we are true to ourselves uh, but we don't ask that question deep enough because when we are really true to ourselves there is no stress there is no challenge there is no concern or even if they are they are temporary it moves with you because you know you're in alignment it's easy for you to get back on the horse and say hey I know I was anxious at that time, I know I was concerned at that time, but you get back on the horse and you keep riding, and that's really what happens when you start to find the line and the truth to yourself. And, and I, I think the gentleman, whoever that was, was very much on point, and w- we would realize that if we really lived our work like you do, Jarek, is that when you are living your work and you're living your life with your values and whatever your intentionality to the world is, you will tend to be almost as if you're a person that is walking around as a spirit and living really in the awareness of the universe. Now, I know we're going into a tangent that uh, usually we don't discuss or I don't discuss at least enough of, but but spirituality is is what? Spirituality is, in my mind, is not a religious thing. and I mean, I'm sure you don't, don't address it as a religious thing as well, but spirituality is being able to fully live your spirit. Your spirit is your values. Your spirit is your intentionality. Your spirit is your true soulful purpose and true soulful way of living to life. And that is your values. That is what brings you alive. Mm.
0: I love that. And as you tap into that, living your spirit, I love, I love that phrase, living your spirit. As you tap into that and as you live true to it and and the reflections line up and, you know. It, the, the pieces align it, it's a very freeing experience like you said the worries the stress the angst anxiousness all those pieces just seem to disappear and it's like an effortless flow through life and it doesn't mean bad stuff or challenging stuff doesn't happen it's just part of it and you and for some reason when you're living true to that it it makes sense and you go oh yeah that's part of it and you just keep going mm-hmm. um and it, it's almost the the really shitty moments even become enjoyable and it's not that they're not bad or they don't hurt or they're not frustrating or upsetting. It's just there's a weird part of it where it just feels like it's part of the process. And you're like, ah, yeah, step three. Okay, great. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's really interesting. I, I was trying to explain this to someone the other day and they were like, well, you shouldn't suppress your emotions. And I was like, it's not even suppressing. It's feeling it so deep, feeling angry, so angry, so deep that eventually that anger led you right back to joy. Yeah. And I was like, I mean. It-
1: no and, and I absolutely agree in, in context of of saying, hey like listen, if you feel your emotions really, uh, often they would not look like like it's not when you feel your emotions and you let them in your, into your system, it actually once it's through it, it's a very different feeling that you get once the emotion goes past your body in a way. Uh, I think we're kind of saying the same thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's powerful what you just said because a lot of times people go and and they don't express it, like really feel the emotion. That's the first part of getting rid of emotion that you don't want, for example. Mm-hmm. And also a part of really living the emotion that you do want is to really feel it. Let it go through you as it goes through you. Of course, it shouldn't be violent or anything like that, and that's the case. You may want to consult someone. But anything that is that is just getting you to get past that emotion and letting you feel it is is a beautiful way of getting past the emotion, versus versus anything else. I love that.
0: I love that. Here here's a question: In your journey, in everything you experience, what's an awe-inspiring moment? A moment that maybe left your jaw on the ground, just observing, of like, wow, as it as it passed or as as you experienced it.
1: Hmm. An awe-inspiring moment. There, there have been, actually, I probably should. There, there have been many. Of course, it's it's the it's the beauty of being in the in the world where where we interact a lot, which is personal development, because you you kind constantly are amazed by by what's happening around you and the people that you meet and the conversations that you have. But I think the one that I would like to like to talk about more was was when it was kind of that moment where it was amazing and awe-inspiring and at the same point in time it was like because my heart was kind of going you know like getting crushed a little bit not hard but more like my ego was getting crushed at the same time uh it felt like my heart was getting crushed but it was really my ego uh, at the same time and it, it it was when I had the first so, so married to 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 my now wife was first my coach actually hmm. um uh, and she coached me through some leadership challenges and and that's the moment that comes to my mind right now where, where like this was that time where I had just like left being the CEO of the company and I had decided I'm going to pursue my own direction. But I was kind of lost. I, I was I was trying to figure myself out again. Uh, and in the process, I had become a bad leader. I, I was always a pretty decent leader. But at that time, it would seem like now that I had I had lost my touch in a way uh, because I had become mean and arrogant and cocky. In a way, right? Because when that that gets to your head, right? Success, uh, So it got to my head. So I had become really cocky as a person, and and my wife really came in that time of my life. She was writing her book at that time, and 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 we got into this conversation where she addressed some of the things that I was saying. And as she was saying, I was fascinated by her, and that's why it was awe inspiring, uh, because I I had it had been a long time somebody corrected me you know what I mean? It had been a long time that somebody was telling or showing me what I could change. So I was in complete awe of the goddess that was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the same point of time, my ego was getting uh, smashed to pieces uh, because uh, I was like, damn, <laughs> uh, I thought I got this uh, and I really don't. So it was, it was kind of like a, a very interesting moment. There. Yeah it's amazing and beautiful and gorgeous at the same time. Yeah.
0: How powerful it it takes a powerful human to be able to stand in front of you and show you such a deep mirror yet. You still love (laughs) them on the other side of the process and think they're beautiful and know they're beautiful through it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's the intention that we show up and man, I mean, if we, if we all come from a place of just uh, a little bit more humility, a little bit more saying, Hey, how can I help from love and service? That's why those, those values stuck out for me. I think we all can stand in that power. Uh, mm. For ourselves, firstly, because that's, I think, is very important, we often ignore it, and and then for other people as well. But I think first is us. Because sometimes I do feel as human beings, we tend to be so giving and so wonderful uh, that we can do it for others, but we can't do it for ourselves. Mm.
0: So true, so true. I think someone said, if you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't say it to your best friend, you shouldn't be saying it in your own head. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they, they were designating that half the stuff people say to themselves are so mean and so vicious in their own minds that they would never say that to a stranger or even their best friend. Like it wouldn't come out of their lips, but for some reason they can shout at themselves in their own head. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. It's insane. Here's and we, and we, yeah, gone. No, no, gone.
0: Uh, See, so here's a question What's your greatest fear?
1: my greatest fear so um, at this point I am I'm not really scared about anything I, I used to think I was so so here's what happened this is also a, a tangent of life the the uh, this this is also why I say that some of my rebirths have been so insightful and helped me so much so I didn't know how to swim um, and for the longest time that was my challenge that was my Greatest fear was that I will die one day in the ocean because I was living in ocean towns at all points. I still do. I live in Los Angeles. It's like the oceans right here. Um, and so I, my greatest fear used to be water. But when my latest rebirth happened, I, I started to say, if I really want to find myself, I have to face whatever demons I, I have. Right. Um, so I, I jumped from the, uh, the plane and I. Bungee jump, then I went into the ocean, did scuba diving, on all of those physical fears that I could think of, I think are gone at this point, or at least I can't think of one. What I do have is uh, emotional fears, uh, more like fears that are that I know they're there, but they're not life threatening. They're not like where I would go like, oh, I'll die. It's not that kind of fear, right? Uh, so for example, one, one of my biggest fears is that i I would not be good enough for what I do. Uh, or I won't be able to transform the life that I intend to create, uh, intend to change, or businesses that I intend to sign up and work with. Uh, I, one of my fears is around uh, not being able to make enough for me and my family. Um, I mean, I'm, this I mean by wealth, uh, or what I want to create. Uh, not that. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? It's like mm-hmm. I, I always there's always more to be made. Uh, But that is my fear. Like I actually sometimes get scared of, will I be able to take care of my kid? Like I'm just about to be a father in about a month. Mm, And uh, uh, I said, thank you. Uh, And I'm I'm excited as hell. (laughs) Like I'm super stoked and super excited. But I'm very scared as well at the same time. Because I'm like, I don't know. If I'll be a good father, if I'll be a good... Uh, if I'll be able to provide, if I'll be able to do all of that. So, so those are my fears, but they're not life threatening. And I know they're not even real. Like in the sense, like I, I know I feel it, but at the same point of time, I know that this is not true. This is that I, I, I am all of that. Uh, but it comes, so it is my fear.
0: Mm. All true and authentic and all real, all real fears at this moment and stage of life and throughout the stages. What, yeah. what about near future? What are you most excited about? Um, I'm excited about, it. and I've, I've, I've um,
1: all my life, I've, so one of my greatest adventures of life or my intention for life was to be able to get out of the house of 23 and buy a house for my parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I did that. I did that about six years ago, five years ago. Um, and so as I did that, I I, that was one another rebirth that had happened because I had lost purpose I lost what is that was my life goal I wanted to do that when I was 40 or 50 years old so I thought that that's when I will be able to actually afford to buy a house for my family and so as I did that I lost meaning and purpose a little bit and after that what I realized is that what. I, what my life is or what I hope for my life is I don't need any legacy around me, I don't need my name plastered on the sky, I'm not that kind of guy. What I do want to do is if I can move the needle, if I can move the line, if I can help one more person in any way and have a good time in my life doing that. So I, I'm not somebody who says I'm willing to sacrifice my life because I want to help other people, I want to live my life beautifully. And I want to help other people live their lives beautifully. And with that intention and that purpose, that's really what I show up for every single day. If I can contribute, if I can share through experience, through strategies, through whatever skills and abilities I have, and be able to contribute and be able to move a little bit further as humanity towards a positive direction, that's what I want to do. That's my vision for my life. That's the purpose of what I think is why I exist. And that's what I try to do every single day of my life.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, another podcast guest, and I think it was episode five or six, he talked about he wanted to be the man who rewrote the stars for his family lineage. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it, it reflects closely to what you said, the person who moves the line, who moves the needles, who, mm-hmm. who, who says, hey, things will be a little different because I was here. And I love that. It's a very uh-huh. humble approach and it's a very real approach and it, it's very attainable. Um, with a lifetime of focus and practice, <laughs> 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 luckily it doesn't happen in a day. Uh, but but the the beauty of it is with that focus and consistency, it, it, it'll happen. And what a beautiful thing to be dedicated to! That's awesome. Thank you. Okay. So we have a second section of the show. We call this the nuts and bolts. This is the practical, tangible, tactical stuff that someone listening can immediately take and immediately apply to their life or situation or journey or wherever they're at in this. Um, so the first question in this section is, what What do you focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day right now?
1: Oh, uh, well, right now, it's very much focused on my kid. <laughs> so, my wife's pregnant, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, and a lot of it, and but secondarily, it is the book that I that I just wrote, and it's coming out in December this year. Um, and and that focuses on on living big, which is an intentionality of saying, hey, you can have it all, uh, whatever you want. It's the it's by design. If you can create the design around it, you can actually achieve whatever you want to achieve financially and with uh, with family and relationships and everything. This is the research project that I did after my last rebirth, if I may. Um, and that kind of is where I'm focused on right now to really take this message and see how far I can take it and how far I can spread it and uh, bring attention to people that they can um, des- redesign their life by a few perspective shifts and a few insights and few few thoughts that if they would consider, it might shift the reality that they operate in.
0: Mm, I love that. Now, now, here's a question. In that process, what's one mm. major key to success with it?
1: So in that process, that, so, the, so the key idea behind all of it is, and this is at least my perspective to life, is I think most of us, for the matter, all of us, are really smart, brilliant, uh, and also hardworking individuals. We want to work hard. We, we, we want to live a good life. We want to. Uh, we are smart people. Um, academically, it doesn't matter, but we are smart people, brilliant people operating in this world. And if that's the case, if I could offer you an insight or a perspective, that's all you really need to shift your reality. You don't you will find your strategies, you will find your step by step, you'll find your structure, your process, or however you think about it, you will find that yourself. And I, I truly believe all human human beings are capable of that with maybe a little bit help here and there but mostly it's the perspective that matters the it's the insight that matters the way we view a certain thing that matters so my intention and my core of this book as well is to say hey can i offer you perspective shifts i'm not trying to give you a strategy i'm not trying to give you a tool what i'm trying to give you is the strategy is to find a new perspective is to change the lens and if you can change the lens you can change your reality
0: Mm. I love it. Change the lens, mm-hmm. change your reality. I love yeah.
1: That. For example, for example, and this is this is what especially because the book was written in perspective and is written in perspective of entrepreneurs mostly. But here is one of the things that, that I talk about in the book in a chapter called Time Challenge. Is and, and I re, the reason why I share this is because there's also a tool, but at the same point of time it will show what I mean by perspective shifts. And, and this is one of the favorite things that most of the other interviews that I've done, the entrepreneurs especially, tend to love it. Is that the truth about my my life right now? Is is because of the past experiences that I had? I said I need to look at my life differently. I don't want to look at my life off uh, life with the perspective of work, which is most of us do that. We'll go, okay, what's my work and what do, what do you do and who do who you are? Usually, the answer is. The work answer, right? This is who I am. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. I'm an educator. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a farmer. I'm this. I'm that. Right? But that's your work. That's not your life. Right? And so I said, hey, I don't want to be restricted to that. That's my work. Yes. That's my purpose. That's how I take myself to the world. But there's also my own world. Right? So I said, how can I, how can somebody live a complete life if as as, as workers, as employees, we expect to work 8 hours a day, 8 to 10 hours a day. As entrepreneurs, we are expected to work 12 hours a day, right? Nobody's expecting you to work less. The more and more dialogue around entrepreneurship is, how do you work more? Hustle harder, right? Work extra hours. And that sounded to me insane, and that's the life that I lived for the longest time. And I said, that, that doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound, like, joyous to me. So I said, okay, what is it that I can create as a shift in reality? And I started to research about time. Uh, and I'm offering this as a perspective. shift. If you really study time and time on how it really works, uh, you will see if we balance out the understanding of time with how human beings operate, we can create a completely new time paradigm for us to be able to operate with lot less hours getting a lot more result in those time, right? So here's the perspective. Firstly, I studied something called the Pareto's principle. Uh, Pareto principle simply states that 20% of your activities get 80% of the results that you get in anything that you do, right? What is interesting about Pareto principle is once you do the 20% of the of the 100%, you take that 20% and do a 20% of that as well. So you do the 80, 20, 20. So you take the 20% of the 20% that creates 80% of the results and you would find that 20% usually creates about 70% of the results, 67, 70% of the results of your company or your work, whatever professional work you're doing. And if that's true, that means that we, if we optimize that one activity or two activities, because that's what it all boil down to, you probably can create much more massive shift without having to do all of it. Does that make sense? It does. Right? Now, let's go to the second part of it, because that's just one perspective. Second perspective is something that is called the Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law states that work will always fill up the time that you're assigned to it. Right. So that means if you give a task one hour, you will take one hour. If you give that task one day, you will take one day, right? And if you test that in your reality for everybody, irrespective of the personality type you are, you will see that you tend to finish your task closer to the time that you assign assigned to it, right? And that's just human behavior, right? So I said, all right. So Pareto Principle says you need to do the 20% of the 20%. Parkinson's Law says if whatever time I'll assign to this task, I'll get it done in that time. Then I went into and studied this book called Deep. Deep Work by Carl Newport, phenomenal book and highly recommend. And in that, Carl Newport kind of argues with the idea of that if you invest a dedicated amount of time, an extended amount of dedicated time to a particular task, you will have a higher quality of output versus using something which is called fractured time, which is while you're doing your task, you're doing other things as well, right? And that is very common in today's time because we have our phones all the time In our hands, so if nothing else, Instagram and Facebook and email keeps bothering us, or texts, if there's somebody still texting in today's time. So what happens is using these three principles, which is priority principle, which is you pick one or two activities that really work. You use the Parkinson's law, which is you assign a dedicated time to complete an activity, and then you take the idea of deep work, which means you create that dedicated time as as distraction-free as you possibly can. What I found is you can most of the time get the work that takes you 40 to 60 hours a day, uh, sorry, 40 to 60 hours a week can be done in 20 hours a week.
0: Hmm.
1: But if you can follow these three principles. So I personally follow a four by four principle. By four by four, it simply means I work four days a week, four hours a day. That means 16 hours a week is all I dedicate my time in the business. And that sounds mind-blowing to people because nobody can imagine how would you work so little. And this is not a four- Our work week theory, I don't believe the four-hour work week. I don't believe as an entrepreneur you can sit on a beach and do nothing. Uh, That feels lazy to me. That's not an optimization of time or work that feels like laziness. And I don't think many people can operate that way because after a point, you would get curious about what am I doing with my life, right? But what I wanted to do is to create a space of work that will allow me to then go out and the rest of the time do things that fuel me that fuel those 16 hours in a way that when I do those 16 hours, they're the best hours ever. And fuel is not always only about learning. Learning is a big part of it, but it's also about having a good time, just having a ball with friends or just going out with your wife or your loved one or whatever and do things that you would always want to do, go to Disneyland or whatever that is, right? the point really is that can we create a complete life instead of having a life that is so attached to our work, and that becomes our identity. So that's one of the paradigm shifts. So all of a sudden, if the listeners of the podcast take, them, take a minute and really think about, hey, listen, as a perspective, if such an entrepreneur who has built multiple companies and still has multiple companies that he runs and can only op- and can, can operate in 16 hours a week, what can I do? That's a perspective. I'm not saying everybody will do four by four. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of the conversation is you can optimize it. You can look at time differently. It's not about number of hours you put into something. It's about what you do with those hours that matters. And we can optimize knowing ourselves, if we know ourselves a little bit more, on how to really optimize our time, because all of us are different. Like we talked about in the starting of a conversation, everybody can find their own version of 4x4. I'm not saying you do 4x4. What I'm saying is you might find your own version, but it might not look anything like how it looks like today.
0: I love that. I love that. I could hear your passion about it too. And it, it, it sounds like it's created much freedom in your life, which is a beautiful, beautiful gift, especially at a moment when you have a little one on the way. Um, I, I run across those types of entrepreneurs as well, where they're struggling so much. And like you said, it's one perspective shift that opens up so much in their life, little things. All you need is the new perspective. All you need is a new way to look at it. And all of a sudden things change quickly. Um, question what's the name of your book you mentioned it but we we didn't hear the name of it the title Uh, the
1: name of the book is live big uh, entrepreneurs guide to passion practicality and purpose it comes out on December 11th 2018
0: okay so if you're listening to this um, if you check the show notes we'll make sure to have a link to your website hopefully a pre-purchase page if it's up before the book, which it probably will be. And then eventually we'll update that if you're listening to it and it's past December, uh, we'll have the actual purchase page so you can go and find it. Um, So if you look in the show notes, we'll have a link to get you to it one way or form (laughs) Uh, the show notes, use a link. It'll take you right to it and we'll help you get a copy of this book. I'm looking forward to getting a copy myself. It sounds brilliant. Thank you, Derek. Let's see. So we have our final question. You just Mm -hmm. gave us a great strategy, but what's Mm -hmm. one tip that someone could use to experience the kind of success that you've had in your life in theirs? One tip.
1: If I could give one advice, and if I could give this to my old self when I started my journey, um, is that treat people like people. Mm. Because what happens especially Is as we are going through life, we start to, and especially this happens with professionals and high performing individuals, is because they are working with so much data, they are working with so much information that they start to see people as numbers. They start to value people like numbers. They start to go, oh, this is the number of people that I hire, this is the number of people that will quit, and these are the number people oh these are my colleagues right and but they they treat it almost like it's a come and go come and go or at least I used to and I've, I've found a lot of people do that and I think it's important for us in today's time to understand that people are people and if we think about our game and our life in the context of the next three months nothing matters and so people don't matter uh, but if you think about our life in the context of the next 30 years, next 50 years, which is ideally what we'll end up living or more, right? So if, if that's the reality, if we think about 30, 40, 50 years, we, we, we would think about people as people. You see, a lot of times entrepreneurs hire uh, team members and they then they hire them as, okay, I hired this person and this is the skill and task that they need to do. I think that's the worst way to hire anyone because what you do then is... You treat them very differently. You treat them like somebody who is just a skill set. Instead of that, if you treat them like a home team, if you treat them like people who would stay with you for, for a very long period of time, you will tend to be able to tend to a create deep relationships with them and have teams that will really last a lifetime for you. And secondly, you would actually feel a lot more happier because you will actually get the get the love and appreciation of the people around you you will be able to love them freely and they will be able to love you freely because you're not just a number anymore and by love of course romantic love is great but i'm talking about love as love for humanity here um, and and i think that's that's really important in today's time is to is to treat people like people they are people they have opinions they have perspectives they have emotions they have their feelings they have needs and if we can't treat them like that I think we can help each other a lot more and we can have a much happier, more fulfilled lives and, and the world.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm a huge fan of uh, a lot of new information that's coming out around how important culture is within companies and how important um, really, you know, giving people a place to flourish. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, Obviously, I love the concept of telling people to go for their dreams and, you know, design your ideal day and go and live it, which is awesome. Uh, But but not everyone's going to take that path. You know, not everyone's going to quit their job and go do what they they dream about in their life for circumstance or situation. uh, The second piece is, you know, I figured out if most people are going to stay at the job, then my question became, how do you create an environment? Like you just said, where people are treated like people. And if someone works somewhere for 25 years, they look back and say, I'm a better human because I work there. I'm happier. I'm healthier. Mm -hmm. I'm stronger. I'm more fulfilled as a human. Like, thank God that that company changed my life. It's like, how do you create that environment? And I think it stems exactly what you said. It's when people start treating people like people instead of just an engineer or uh, a salesperson or a customer service rep, but you treat them like a human and say, hey, how do I help develop these humans in this process so that as as they're part of our team or part of this journey in life, they can look back and they've flourished as a human in the process of just being, being in this community. Um, yeah. It's so special. It's so useful too. I really, really love that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: Well, sir, thank you for sharing so much with us. Again, if you're listening, make sure to go to the show notes. We'll have a link to go and check out his website, check out the upcoming book. Uh, make sure you grab a couple copies, one for you, one for a friend. I always say whenever you buy a book, buy one for yourself and buy one for, for someone you care about who know you, you know needs that message and send it to him as a surprise gift. You never know how much a book will change someone's life. Um, so please do that. Uh, I'll, I'll stop for a second and just say thank you for joining us again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me, Derek. It's, uh, it was really, uh, really nice talking to you, and, uh, and you're doing great work.
0: Ah, thank you. Thank you. And for everyone who tuned into this episode, if you know someone who needs to hear it, make sure to share it with them. Uh, we believe that sharing is caring, and we love caring people around here, so make sure to share. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for everyone who's out there in the podcast universe, I, I look forward to seeing you all next episode. <music>